You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to the Hoist the Colors podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Igo, and we've got some breaking news out of East Carolina football. So we're giving you a quick reaction podcast to the information that leading returning receiver C.J. Johnson in his fourth year in the program has been suspended indefinitely from the football team by head coach Mike Houston. This was made official today, Friday, late morning, right around noon, a little before noon. Um, And this was the quote given by Coach Houston CJ is not living up to the standards we have set for our football program, Mike Houston said. In the release uh, I received, also said the fourth-year ECU head coach did not address specifics of the suspension, but added that Johnson, quote, fully understands the steps needed to be taken to be a member of this program moving forward. So in the release, we gather that CJ obviously has not adhered to team standards, which we'll get into some of the information we've gathered, and also has a potential window to return to the team, which I'll also touch on in this short uh, breaking news podcast. So, you know, this is something I heard about earlier in the week. Uh, I believe Tuesday is when I first kind of got wind of it and, you know, posted a VIP, uh, I believe on Thursday, just that this was, was coming down. And CJ is an extremely talented receiver, 108 receptions for 1,833 receiving yards in his career, 11 touchdowns, 17 yards per catch, significant production over the course of his ECU career, has been inconsistent the past two years, but his freshman season kind of showed just how good he can be. But unfortunately, I've always gotten the sense since his freshman year, and it hasn't really improved, that just the lack of maturity at times has caught up with C.J. Johnson, and I I just get the feeling from talking with people around the program that, yeah, there was one incident that kind of led to the the final straw being broken, so to speak, in terms of the suspension, but this has been an ongoing issue where at times C.J. Johnson will be, you know, a a good teammate, Um, he'll be on the right track, and then for whatever reason, uh, whether you want to call it a lapse or some sort of... um, you know, lack of judgment. He just makes poor decisions off the field, on the field. We've seen him being emo- – he's always been an emotional player. On the field, he wears his emotions on the sleeve, which can be a good or a bad thing. Obviously, you get fired up after a big play. It's a good thing. You get the crowd into it. But then also, he has lost his court times. And you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before. It's a very well-known fact across the American Athletic Conference that the goal, if you're a defensive back, is to get in C.J.'s head by just kind of toying with him the whole game. And and I think he was better at handling that last year. The first two years of his career, especially his sophomore year, was not great. And, you know, he's always been an emotional player. And I just think for whatever reason, you know, the lack of maturity, even as he's gone into his upperclassman years, has not come to, you know, he just has not been able to mature to the level that maybe some of his teammates have. As, you know, you're a freshman, sophomore, you expect somewhat immaturity but it just has not gotten much better from cj you know there have been issues whether it be late to 
team meetings from what I've heard or relate to workouts. Um, has not been showing up a ton to voluntary player workouts, which, yeah, it's voluntary, but if you're a team leader, one of your best players, you probably need to be there as much as possible to get chemistry with your teammates. Um, on the field, has you know made penalties, has gotten into scuffles with his teammates at practice. So we've heard all this stuff in the past. This is not an isolated incident from everybody I talked to. Um, you know, there, there's pictures going around. Uh, I've gotten like three or four pictures of this incident, which involved, um, you know, a fire alarm at the apartment and involved some of his younger teammates. So if he's having a negative impact on his young teammates and as a fourth year guy, it's not getting any better and you're frustrating other guys in the locker room because, you know, they're trying their best to, to be clean, to have... Uh, to, to adhere to all the standards and yet maybe they're not playing as much as a guy like CJ at some point you have to step up and discipline the player and that's what's happened in this case you know we can argue about you know whether weed should be legal in North Carolina or whatnot but the bottom line is it's not and as a team leader as a guy who's an upperclassman and trying to set an example for your program you know you just have to be smarter with your off the field items you can't be setting a bad example for your young teammates and uh, th that was kind of the breaking point from everything I gather here and you combine that with all the previous stuff that the coaches staff has had to deal with you know ECU has had different coaches try to take them under the wings they've had different teammates try to sit down with them you know Mike Houston the head coach has tried to sit down with them several times in the past obviously as the head coach and uh, they've had meetings with different members of the family and different friends, and it just, for whatever reason, has not clicked. And there have been times CJ has been on the right path. You know, last offseason, he had a really good preseason, got down to a good weight, um, you know, really seemed to be kind of turning the corner, but there was still inconsistent inconsistency off the field. And it's just, it's kind of been boiling up to this point for three or four years now. You know, we've heard about things behind the scenes, but this is kind of the first time it's really been public that, hey, C.J. Johnson suspended due to an off-the-field violation, and who knows if he'll be back. I mean, getting – obviously in the statement there's a path for C.J. Johnson's return, but there's a chance that he doesn't return. I think there's a very real possibility at this point in time that he does not make it back because uh, as a guy who's been in the program for so long, if you're still not adhering to the standards – four years into the process you have to wonder will will he ever adhere to the standards so it's a uh it's a tough situation obviously if you're coach houston and if you're this coaching staff you're you're down right now all three of your leading wide receivers from last year tyler sneed is moving on to the uh, nfl draft which was a surprise he foregoes his final two years of eligibility your leading receiver and that was kind of seen as a, a big surprise going into january audio matosho who had a breakout year last season likely isn't coming back he's graduated seems like uh he's ready to move on and then everybody was kind of looking at cj as the guy who all right fourth year in the program has shown flashes of really just dominant receiver play at times but has not quite found that consistency of being an all-conference guy and everybody was kind of looking at this year maybe being the year well this is not how you want to start it so if, if you're the coaching staff all of a sudden you're you're down your three best playmakers at least from a year ago at receiver you know clearly you have other guys on offense you got really everybody else returning quarterback Colton Naylor's running backs Keaton Mitchell Rajay Harris tight end Shane Calhoun Ryan Jones 
Uh, you do return Josiah Hatfield as a pretty experienced receiver. So the the, the problem is you, you're pretty set everywhere else in offense. You know, the offensive line returns a lot. You're adding a few additions there from the transfer portal. But now at receiver, you've got a giant question mark. So in the back of the coaching staff's mind, I'm sure they didn't want to do this, but at some point you have to. You can't let any player, no matter how good, no matter how much production he's had, be above the team. And it was probably getting to the point where they felt like all this distractions, all these off-the-field issues were getting above the team. The individual was, in some ways, trying to become bigger than the team, see how much you know, this guy could get away with off the field. Even if it's just a lot of small stuff, it adds up over time. And uh, I think it gets to the point where the team's over it, the coaches are over it. And so you do this, you basically give him one final chance. Hey, you're suspended indefinitely. Here's your path to come back. It's a long path. Here are all the steps you have to take. If you want to try and meet these goals, you have the chance to earn your way back on the team. You have the chance to earn the respect of your teammates once again, get back in the good graces of your coaching staff. That's what's in front of C.J. Johnson right now. That opportunity is there. He could either run from it or he could embrace it. You know, This is the first time this has really been a, I don't know how to term it, maybe a public embarrassment in terms of the disciplinary issues he's faced over his time at ECU. Well, maybe that is something that wakes him up and he he responds to it positively or it goes the other way and it's negative and he enters the transfer portal and seeks a fresh start elsewhere. Although if he does that, you know, you kind of wonder where, where he would end up. So we're still talking about a guy who has a potential NFL future. You know, I don't know... You know, based on the last few years, he's still got to produce more consistently on the field to have that. But, you know, he's got as much talent at the receiver position as anybody in this program, and it just has not transpired to success due to, uh, I think, uh, you know, just immaturity at times. And um, even when I'm out of practice in the past, there have been times where you look around and guys are busting their tails, and CJ is just kind of going through the motions. And I'm not trying to pile on CJ. I'm just, you know, reporting the facts is that, you know, I've always had a good relationship with CJ dating back to his recruitment process at DH Conley. Remember covering it well, but I've always thought in my back of my mind, man, if this guy had Tyler Sneed's work ethic, if he was out there busting his ass a hundred percent of the time, you know, just how good could he be? So maybe this is the wake up moment for CJ Johnson, or maybe it's not, you know, something we'll have to find out uh, going forward, but significant news today out of ECU's campus, the suspension of C.J. Johnson. Um, unfortunately, another bad news item coming out of the offseason, you know, Tyler Sneed and Jaquan McMillan, I don't know if you can necessarily term it as bad news, them turning professional, but uh, it hurts the 2022 ECU football team, and this is something that could, at least in the short term, hurt the ECU football team, though in the long term, you got to have everybody brought in your locker room, and with suspension, with with dismissals with guys turning pro comes the opportunity to play so there are plenty of opportunities right now for young receivers in the program who are doing things the right way who now have that opportunity to play um so we'll get more into what exactly this means for ecu's offense at the receiver position do they hit the transfer portal you know what's the next step now for the offense and all that sort of stuff on the other side let's take a quick break you're listening to the Hoist of Colors podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome back into the Hoisty Colors podcast, uh, rolling right along in this quick emergency edition. So where does ECU go from here? If you're the if you're the coaching staff, I don't think you can 100% assume C.J. Johnson is going to be back this fall. You know, there's a long time between now, early February, and the start of spring practice. And, you know, just based off everything I, I'm hearing, I would term it as 50-50 whether C.J. Johnson is a pirate next year or not. I think there's a path, as we talked about earlier, to get back on the field, but we just don't know how CJ is going to react to that. And so, does ECU go to the transfer portal? They've already added one guy in Jalen Johnson, a grad transfer from Georgia with two years of eligibility remaining. Not a ton of proven production, but a guy who's going to come in as a former walk-on from a national champion Georgia team, bust his tail, do things the right way. He's talented. I think he'll contribute. But if C.J. Johnson isn't back, all of a sudden you're down three starters. If you go to the transfer portal, you can sell immediate playing time in an experienced offense, a winning culture. The Pirates went 7-5 last year. Basically, hey, all we're missing is wide receiver. You can come in, you can catch 80 passes, you can be our guy, you can go to the NFL. So that's what ECU can sell right now. They've got an experienced quarterback, experienced running backs, tight ends, offensive line returning. Now we just need wide receiver. Ideally, of course, you would have all your experience returning at receiver. Uh, but we don't know if that's going to happen right now. So I have talked to people around the program. Sounds like they're in discussions with at least a handful of wide receivers in the transfer portal. How soon those moves are made, I don't know. These are ongoing discussions. You also have another wave of transfers likely coming after spring practice from all across the country. So if you're ECU, you don't really want to reach and take somebody just to take somebody now. You want to get a guy who's going to be a potential game changer, a potential starter in your offense because, honestly, that's what ECU, that, that is what ECU is missing. They have a ton of young talent at the receiver position that needs developing. We talked about Josiah Hatfield earlier, but you also returned three FBS transfers from last year and Ray Rose from North Carolina. Tyree Saunders from Virginia Tech and Jari Patterson from Marshall. All those guys were highly recruited out of high school. None of those guys have played snaps at the Division I level on offense. So they all have potential. They need development. You also return Tyler Savage, Taji Hudson, two third-year receivers who haven't played a lot but have gotten their feet wet with a little bit of snaps, especially on special teams. You have a couple of second-year guys, Troy Lewis, Kerry King's another third-year guy. He's a former walk-on. I've heard a lot of good things about T.J. Lockley, a young guy who still has a lot of growth to do but has some explosiveness. So tons of young potential at the receiver position for new outside receivers coach Raekwon Boyette and Latrell Scott to work with. 
you know, we talked about Jalen Johnson earlier. He's a guy who's played a lot of special teams at Georgia, but has only caught five career passes. So you have next to no returning production at receiver in terms of on-field proven production outside of Hatfield. And even his catches are few and far between at times. He's had some explosive plays for sure, but no proven returning experience if C.J. Johnson doesn't make it back. So I'd be very surprised if the Pirates don't go for somebody who has produced at a consistent and high level. And honestly, they should be able to get somebody that has produced at a consistent and high level based upon the need and the ability for that player to come in, step in at a successful program right away. So that's got to be an attractive uh, trait or attractive pitch the Pirates can make right now in the transfer portal market. You know, as far as CJ and how his loss hurts, I mean, if CJ Johnson was still performing at the, the rate he did his freshman year the last two seasons, you know, you would be losing a an all-conference caliber receiver. You know, Pro Football Focus has graded CJ out average at best the last two years, slightly above average this past season, below average, I believe, in 2020. You know, he just has not produced at the level that we initially thought he would after his big freshman year. Part of that is because he's getting a lot of good defensive backs. Uh, again, they know the scouting report, but he just has not been able to elevate his game since that freshman year. And if you're having those problems off the field, it's just not worth the hassle of continuing to put up with it uh, as he's only produced at an average level. So, Audio Matosho, again, you lose a guy who produced last year but he also graded out about average per pro football focus uh, in their metrics Tyler Sneed was really the only receiver on last year's team that graded out well above average so I think CJ and Audi are replaceable at the levels they've played at the past few years it's just a matter of can you find the guys to replace them and replace that experience and help the offense take that next step you know if CJ gets back from this and is mature and finds maybe that extra gear that he's been lacking then certainly he can become that difference making receiver that this offense needs but as it's been the past two years I don't think it's an irreplaceable uh, performer that you're missing at the receiver position so uh, he's good on 50-50 balls at times but they are truly 50-50 balls with him you know that's kind of his game is to go downfield on -on one-on-one coverage see if he can use his physical frame to make a play doesn't do a ton of damage over the middle isn't much of a possession receiver um you know he's kind of a big play all or nothing guy at times with the way this offense uses him so uh, i've always said you know he doesn't his route tree is not super expansive in terms of making plays it's almost like he just kind of runs go routes exclusively and tries to take the top off the defense it's worked at times he's used his physicality against lesser opponents but he's also struggled against uh really good corners outside of that freshman year versus cincinnati where he really dominated Kobe Bryant, who's going to be an NFL draft pick this year. Um, so it, it, it's just a deal where, yeah, CJ's got talent, but he's not irreplaceable with the way he's performed the past two years. So I think ideally if you're ECU, you still need to find another outside receiver. Uh, there was talk that CJ was going to play more in the slot this year, and that was a p- possibility to get him open more of the middle, kind of use his physicality more. Uh, against you know more safety types more nickel corners we could use his frame more but obviously that's something that will be on the back burner for now Jalen Johnson has the ability to play inside and outside Josiah Hatfield has the ability to play inside and outside Ryan Jones 
at tight end, has ability to play in the slot, also play tight end. So you've got some versatility in the receiver room that should allow the coaching staff to go out and maybe take the best receiver possible. Doesn't necessarily have to be a slot guy. Doesn't necessarily have to be an outside guy. Would it be nice to have a 6'3 guy who can take the top off the defense to play on the perimeter? Absolutely. Would it be nice to have a 5'11 slot receiver who can just make guys miss, get open uh, 24-7, kind of like Tyler Snead did? Sure. But I think you're at the point now where you just take the best available player at receiver and you make it work. I think you've got enough position versatility out there for that to happen. So the opportunity is there for people in the transfer portal. This situation will again bear monitoring moving forward. C.J. Johnson suspended indefinitely from all team activities after an incident over the past couple of weeks. Also, as we touched on earlier, kind of just a culmination of, I think, everything that's been going on behind the scenes, stuff we've been hearing about for years, even before this week. So, again, C.J., I've I've had a good relationship with him throughout his recruiting process. He's always been uh, kind to me, so I, I wish him the best, hopefully, everything works out he's able to make his way back on the team nothing is guaranteed but I do think he cares you know I was talking with some people at Conley earlier today I went to school there so I have several friends there I do think he cares a lot about ECU and he cares a lot about Greenville so it's not like this is a guy who you know doesn't I think I guess the best way to say is I think this is something that will will hurt him emotionally um I, you know, I don't think it's a situation where he is, it's a lack of caring for the program, for the team. I just think it's a lack of maturity at times. And um, that's something CJ is going to have to grow up with to recover from this. So maybe this will be the sign that allows him to uh, to wake up and right the ship a little bit. But I don't think Mike Houston's comments in his release pulled any punches. CJ is not living up to the standards we have set for our football program says it pretty bl- pretty bluntly that uh, what he's done in the past has not allowed him to be a, a part of the football team anymore as of right now. So a uh, long road to get back to that point with this team. We'll see if C.J. Johnson does it. Of course, we'll continue to bring you the latest on hoistacolors.net. Uh, we've also got spring practice coming up. We'll see if C.J. is back by then or if he continues to be suspended through spring practice or what exactly transpires there. But as of Friday afternoon, all we know now, C.J. Johnson is suspended and won't be a part of the team, at least for the foreseeable future or the near future for the Pirates. So we'll continue to break this down on hoistacolors.net. Check it out in written form up there. We'll be back with you next time on the Hoist of Colors podcast, potentially talking about maybe another offensive line commit later this weekend. You've been listening to the HCC podcast. I'm Stephen Igo. We're out.
Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.